Hi homies, I'm Ale, you're listening to Three Homegirls, No Gun, where we explain all points of views on gun violence prevention. Have a great time listening. Hi, my name is Juliet Matamoros, and my pronouns are she, her, and hers. Hi, my name is Jeremy Lexoto, and my pronouns are she, her, and hers. Hi, my name is Ale, and my pronouns are they, them. So today we have a special guest speaker by the name of Guadalupe Guadian, who is currently a Brown Beret. Would you like to tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do in this organization, Guadalupe? Sure would. Um, hi, everybody. Uh, thank you all for giving me time and space, first of all, and uh, for for um, spending your time on this. I'm Minister of Administration and External Affairs for the Sur Calipas Brown Berets. I've actually been in Brown Beret since 2012. Uh, that's going on nine years now. Um, I was sworn in at the Chicano Moratorium in East Los uh, on August 29th. I was formerly Minister of Intelligence for the National Brown Berets. I respectfully resigned, um, but uh, I do have some good news about that, is that uh, I am currently working with them again, who are they're an excellent organization. We just had to go through some internal stuff and um, it turned out for the better. I'm also a member of another coalition here in Ventura County where I'm at, who is designed to get ICE out of Ventura County and stop local law enforcement from volunteering work with ICE. So they're not obligated to work with ICE in certain situations. and. Uh, we're trying to get them to stop volunteering to do so since they're not obligated, especially when they're targeting people that are of no harm to our community and society. With that being said, I'm also part of a national movement of Brown Berets all over from all over California, all the way to the five boroughs in New York that is trying to get the children out of cages and to stop family separation. That's awesome. Um, from what I hear, the Brown Beret sounds like such an awesome organization and what you guys are doing out there is, it's amazing. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, so that's awesome. We're gonna start off with asking you some questions. So the first question, just to tell us like your background basically, or like your story. So how did you come across the Brown Berets? Oh, wow. Okay, so I've kind of known about the Brown Berets since I was a child. It was like little bits and pieces. I know that they were a Chicano movement to stand up for the rights of Chicanos and people of color um, and uh, certain communities that were less fortunate and um, targeted by by upper class society to to be kept in a lower class society. And you know, I, I when I grew up, I was uh, I had a I had a white stepdad, and so I would thought like. You know, America's cool, America's great, and you know, fly the eagle, fly the flag type type persona. And um, later as I, as, I, as I grew up and I matured, I seen that I wasn't treated the same as as other people. And I was treated like sometimes less of a, of a person, you know, because I'm, I'm brown. And um, it's unfortunate that that happens because it really, it, um, it really segregates you from being involved in 
and and getting other opportunities that you should normally have just like anyone else uh regardless of color ethnicity and um where you grew up so uh, with that kind of background after seeing that my compadre had become state commander of the nbb which is the national brown berets um i was like whoa what's going on here and he's like he's like hey we can really use you you know you're a smart kid um you're down for the raza and you should consider getting into the movement but being a smart kid i don't just jump into anything like that because i knew that there's a lot involved and it's a lot of commitment into something that's really powerful and uh it could be used as a very good asset to our our community at the same time too you don't you don't want to be the downfall just because you're not dedicated and you don't want to be a uh you don't want to be a, a negative force inside something so great so i took it into consideration i read you know uh it's a brown book uh the handbook for the brown braids I read the website information. I went to a couple of events and after I had seen why they were brown braids standing up for uh victims of police brutality and meeting the mothers of the victims um and hearing their stories I I agreed to join and then that's when I was sworn in in East LA in uh in East Los on a uh, Whittier Boulevard at Ruben Salazar Park. So um it's it's been a great adventure so far like i met a lot of beautiful people activists um families of of survivors and and and, and victims and um i've been in prayer circles where there's like i don't know like 100 people so and, and you know and we're praying for families and and mothers and daughters and wives and children of people have that have lost someone to to police brutality I've never we've come face to face with danger many times where we've had to come toe to toe with police officers with border patrol in Morieta down at, at the detention centers down there um we never folded we always uh we always uh stood our ground and um you know maybe it's to the prayer every time I I go to one of these events or one of these uh petitions and um rallies I pray that everybody comes home safe and we get our job done and so far i've had that luck i've had that blessing and uh so we've had some successes too under about which makes me more confident about our future role in this uh in this movement well definitely thank you for showing us the ups and downs about your um your journey through the brown berets we definitely needed some more perspective on somebody who was already in it for a long time and even though there is some downfalls overall the intention is great yes i thank you you're welcome too yes and i just wanted to acknowledge how when you're comparing how caucasian people are treated and how people of color are treated it's a dramatic difference and even in the terms of the amounts and how drastic gun violence happens within those community it is a big difference yeah there there's nowhere you can go that it's not an issue it's just that we're not given the proper justice that we're due sometimes and especially with rasa um we're cautious about calling the cops you know and we're we're cautious about pushing issues because we're targeted after that 
there was an issue in Santa Rosa, California, um, with Andy Lopez. He was a, a young um, Chicano male, 12 years old, I believe, who was walking home with the airsoft rifle after playing with his friends. And he was shot several times in the back. And um, he was with some friends when that, that, that had seen it. And there, there's, there's several things that make this very disturbing is that after he was shot, the coroner that checked him out, there was, um, I, I don't recall the exact number, but there was an, a certain number of bullets that had hit him. And two of the bullets were previously taken out of his body before the coroner got there. What happened was that the second officer involved did not want to be involved, so he took the body, the bullets out of Andy's body. And some of his friends had seen this go down. And so when the justice for, for Andy started and Andy's youth was created, it was a, a group or a, a youth organization by his friends, uh, uh, founded by his friends, Andy's youth. Um, they were targeted as well. They, when they were on their way home from school, they got guns put in their mouth by by other cops. They got threatened. Andy's parents were threatened with deportation and violence uh, from the police. And this isn't stuff that happens to to white families. Usually, they get a settlement, they get a payout, and they go on with their lives. And you know, we talk about uh, black black victims due to police violence brown people due to police violence um natives due to police violence this last year there was 432 white people killed by cops there was 226 black people killed by cops so it's not like oh blacks killed at a way more alarming rate it's just that the black deaths and the people of color deaths, the the Chicano deaths, the, the mix, and people of people of um of a different classification are justified, and that's why there's an outrage, and that's why there's 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 rioting and looting, because if we didn't do that, people wouldn't listen, you know, and and people are angry, and not that it's justifiable, because even in some cases like George Floyd, where his family came out and said we don't want violence we we want a peaceful protest we if we want peace who are you to start violence but it's not just about george floyd i've come to understand that that people are mad about the other voices and the other people who have been silenced for so long that they're tired of it and now that they see it on video they realize what their friends and their their family members have gone through or how they could have possibly died because that was in an era where there was no uh, smartphones and there was no uh, there was no 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 video of of their deaths. There was no documentation whatsoever of how they died, except for lies. So it's no wonder why we feel so alienated in in a land that was naturally ours, that we're heirs to, and no no wonder why there's so much anger and animosity between us and every time we see a, a black and white we could we could have all the paperwork and be completely legal to drive on the streets but why do we feel a certain way when we see a cop 
I've dealt with it before. We had a brand new rental and we were in a, in a barrio that we weren't normal normally used to. And because this car, this cop seen a, a brand new vehicle with some Hispanics in it, he pulled us over. And when I asked him what he pulled us over, he slammed me against the car and asked why I was asking questions. You know, and and at that time I didn't have my ID on me. He's like, well, how do I know you're not so and so? And I could just take you in right now. I was like, well, do it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ask your captain why you brought me in because he didn't have a reason to. So um, he let us go after he harassed us. Um, it's it's obvious why we feel a certain way towards law enforcement and towards authority, and and the question is is why other people don't speak up about it why why have they conformed so much as to let their neighbors as to let their neighbors uh go through all these tragedies and without support and and they they remain silent yeah i definitely agree that all these unjustified cases it's kind of just like fuel to the fire and then going on with that um it seems like the we've kind of been conditioned to like run away from the system that has originally been promised to us but as well as that that system does not have very good roots so then it's kind of like contradicting it's like a iffy iffy situation um and i know that you were talking about how there's people that can't turn to the to the system as you could say so i was wondering what are some of the main goals for the brown berets well okay so locally we're we're currently we're currently constructing a cultural education center right here in ventura county in santa paul where i'm at actually on the property that i'm at because it's so huge and i've talked to the landowner and um We've had a, a couple lunch dates, and we're trying to um, we're we're looking forward to uh, getting certain fundings to open the cultural education center, which would provide um, skills to youth and 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 local citizens on how to use uh, proper agriculture to grow produce. Um, we're gonna have danza, you know, Aztec dancing. Um, we're gonna have a library. We're gonna have uh, a adult adult mentoring where um, where Rasa that doesn't speak English we can they can come and learn and read and write uh, in English and um, a literacy program and there was a couple other and there's other and I've had local teachers that have already volunteered to help out with this so it's all a matter of paperwork and the process but it, uh, all the paperwork as a matter of fact I just sent it off the other day to uh an uh, hermana up north who is um a brown beret also and she does this kind of stuff so she's filling off the paperwork for us and hopefully we'll have that together honestly by the end of the year that's that's my goal we're also dealing with other stuff where our local police captain who just who was just recently hired was fired from his last job he was he was let go because of a sexual harassment charge that cost the city five hundred thousand dollars in in a settlement payout, but yet our for some reason our city thought it'd be cool to hire him, and that's another thing we're we're on. 
and it's just uh, it's just it's a lot of headaches it's like right when we're we're getting focused on directing our energy somewhere else like towards the cultural education center um you know there's these real issues where the 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 safety of our community is at stake because a predator should not be the protector you know it's an oxymoron we can't have someone who who was uh doing that kind of a to women brown berets and and uh, la riverfield almost all parts of arizona there's like seven different units out there all parts of Texas. we got nevada we got oklahoma utah michigan uh chicago arkansas Washington, I think I said Oregon, and New York City, Brown Berets, and there's several different chapters within these states. Um, we've agreed to become a national movement and a voice for our people. And this comes after Inauguration Day, where all of us united to be the voice for the children in cages and the, the families being separated uh, por la culpa de ICE. And uh, the Department of Homeland Security. And it's so we our, our movement was so big that day on inauguration day and it was so widespread that we agreed that letting this alliance die out was a bad idea. And so we we agreed on becoming the Brown Berets National Movement, which is going to serve as a third party. And um, for those of for those that don't know what a third party is, it's basically it's it is a political movement but we're not tied down to one certain party. We're separated. And um, by doing so, we're not obligated to their rules and to their games. We're just a voice for the people. And uh, that'll be uh, some of the topics that, that'll be at hand are it's still to get, at the moment, it's still to get these children out of cages and these families back together or to their guardians. And the reason I say it's still a topic is because regardless of the documents that Biden has and the presidential orders that he's given, they've been ignored by ICE and local detention centers and they're still being people doc uh, deported and there's still children in cages. These Trump loyalists have ignored uh, these presidential orders and so uh, we do have a meeting coming up on to it's a follow-up for the, for the event that we had on inauguration day and the movement that we had on inauguration day so that we can um, make sure that our demands are being heard and they're being seen and if not well we're brown berets so we also have a militancy a military duty to take some kind of action and although it might not be the type of action that we want we still have to show face we, we will be out on the streets we will take it to the streets and now that trump's out of office and there's no there's no racist authority anymore um i've noticed that a lot of his his previous followers aren't following no more and they're kind of they've kind of died out so and I have even noticed that some some of them are in agree 
with what we're doing with um, getting the kids out of cages and stopping families from being separated. So um, there, there is a lot on our plate, like I said, both locally uh, for all Brown Beret units and, um, and nationally. So we, we do have our plate school and the future does look good because there's a unity and it's a strong unity that was never there before. Yeah, I wanted to mention how important um, I noticed that unity is for you guys. And I think that's um, really important when it comes to an organization or just um, a group in, um, in general. So I think it is really important how you guys really value the unity. At the end of the day, whatever is going on, you guys always value unity. You guys always want everyone to be together. And I just wanted to thank you guys. So like, it's so, so amazing how you guys want to help these young kids, you know, you want them to grow up and um, know about their culture, be aware of what's going on so they can even help in the future. So I think that's really important. And kind of adding on, um, I wanted to ask another question. So I wanted to ask, um, what kind of training do you require when you come in contact with someone that is armed? So like in situations when you guys are protesting or stuff like that? Okay. Um, most of the time, from what I've noticed, no one wants to go to jail for a murder. It doesn't matter if you hate us or not. So it's a, a lot of time it's a front. They want to point their guns at you. You've got to stare the face, in the face of danger more often than not when you're on the front line. And that's not just for Brown Berets. That's for a lot of activists. That's that's with Black Lives Matter. That's with 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 um, with DACA when they were first pushing the front line. They, they were confronted a lot. Um, uh, my hermanas from up north, the Trail for Humanity, they did a march all the way from Northern California all the way to the border. And that's like 330 some miles plus or something like that. And they did that on their feet. Um, and they met, they met racists all the way from, 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 from the beginning to end. Um, some of our braves, I, I don't speak for all braves, we know how to disarm someone. We, we know how to, to take a gun from someone's hands. And um, we've had, there's been some some um, allies of ours who are ex-veterans or they're veterans who have given us hand-to-hand -hand combat training. And we've also had um, riot control training. We know how to deal with large crowds, and we we we've been in that in in that environment where even some of our own raza in communities who wanted to like um, they want to cause destruction. You know, and we we've had to to tone them down, and a lot of it is more mental than physical. You need to be, you know, you need you need to know how to talk to people, and you need to to know how to deal with the situation maturely, so that it doesn't escalate uh, promptly. And it can, it could it, it could escalate really rapidly, and people can get hurt. And the main thing is is that when we hit the streets. We're usually out there for justice of, of some sort, whether it's for a victim or for a cause or or a specific day where we're trying to get a message across. And by causing destruction and by being unorganized, you can easily lose your voice and you, you're you're once again silencing the voices that you're supposed to be speaking up for. When, when, when you're in the middle of those situations, it, it's good to be calm and, and have patience. Luckily, when we do events, um, the danzantes, la gente indígena, they usually bless us. 
before each event and we try to have that you know they um they smudge us with sage and and, and they and, and, and they do a, a a limpio you know and um they even do an ofrenda for the movement so i've been very blessed to be organizing with really great people really mature people and even the people that are are new to the movement that i've been organizing with are really there to learn something and i'm really grateful for that and those and that's really important to handling those type of situations too if you have a bunch of just uh radicals with you you're probably going to get into some violent situations some people that are out there just like just out there to say f the cops f the cops f you know just, just do that without a message without any real action without any real planning you're probably going to get into a fight so so yes there, there there is training on uh there, there, there's moral training and there is physical militancy training and um each beret has to go through that training before they're led on the front line that's awesome that i just want i want to commend that you guys promote talking gun violence down and not bringing another gun and be like well let's just do this both ways because in, in many times talking down is the way to go and i think even in police brutality, that's what needs to happen. There needs to be more training and talking down rather than just bringing out a gun and be like, well, you have a gun, so I'm gonna pull one out too. Going off on that, we wanted to ask you, and is there an eye-opening encounter you had in the organization that has improved your way with how you approach gun violence? Um, sure. Um, and don't get me wrong, we are a military organization. We do have gun training. We have a bunch of different types of training to handle violence with violence because violence begets violence you know we you can't you can't shake hands with somebody that's trying to shoot you so we 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 are trained in that aspect but as for as for your question um this is another thing that recently we've we've just implemented into our organization is that every beret has to go to ceremony at least one time during your recruitment and what i mean ceremony is i mean native ceremony we want to see where you're at spiritually and we want you to see where you're at spiritually before you become a brown beret because brown berets are a chicano nationalist movement at, at the birth of the brown berets there are autonomous chapters but when it comes down to it we are the front line of defense for our rasa and we are the only organization that can say that. So being that we're for our people, for our land, for our sangre, for our, our traditions and for our cultura, we have to understand what that means. What does our cultura mean? What does our raza mean? What is, what is being down for our raza mean? What does, uh, what does prote protecting our traditions mean? And to know that, you have to be part of it. To, to really fully understand it and to to, to know all that you, you have to take part in it some way or another there's um berets that are are dancing that are that are uh that are healers there are spiritual healers that that work with uh holistic medicine medicine um they're uh, curanderas curanderos they're um there's also there's also some city council members 
that practice these same traditions and 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 ways of our culture and integrate them into the way that they operate in activism and and politically and um and that's been happening a lot more recently and i feel it's a it's a really beautiful great thing because once you once you've been to ceremony you start learning why your ancestors have you here you start learning why you represent a certain people that that belong here we're not immigrants we never Im- immigrated or migrated to people we're back to where we're supposed to be we're on a land that was stolen from us and that 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 once you understand that once you feel that in your bones a gun is not going to intimidate you when you realize that you have ancestors behind you when you realize that you have a whole movement and a whole cultura and and there's a spiritual link to everything around you a gun doesn't intimidate you and that's why they're scared that that's why they feel a a, a right to to mimic us or to 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 say the most childish things on social media just like Donald Trump like he not only did he 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 make fun of 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 gente from Mexico he also made fun of uh mentally men, mentally challenged kids he made fun of, of 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 dead veterans you know and those are things that people overlook because they don't want to believe that he said it openly though you know uh, those are the type of people that are scared of the future they're scared of lo- losing their white privilege of their upper class privilege because if we're all the same then they're not better than us and that's all that they really have if you ask them to go back and link themselves to their their culture and their heritage they don't know where to go our heritage our cultura our traditions are all right here on this land so i think that has been a key thing for a lot of the the brown berets that are active right now is that i what i personally noticed is that they're all involved one way or another in our culture in in our heritage in our tradition ibram copal which is which is uh, an incense or, or or a medicine i burn that on the regular not and mostly it's not for myself it's for other people um and to me it's given me a peace that i i can't really understand because there's times when i should be angry and mad and sad and I'm not I'm composed. Um I'm patient. I'm 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 understanding and I'm and I'm listening to to what's going and I'm observant of what's going on more than being a a reactionary. So I think having being culturally grounded is not only part of the 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 It's, it's not only part of our near future and and what's being implicated into into our ways it's part of why we're strong right now i th- i think that's what made what has made us so so stern and so um so structured and and well founded at this very moment is that the majority of brown berets are are rooted in cultura i like that you also implied that um these things are 
really important on a spiritual level because we're always stuck in this realm and we don't strive to look forward to see how our ancestors look upon us and who we're honoring as well. And I feel like all this, the movement, the protests, it takes so much energy and you have to learn how to coexist with these people because these people are trying to drain your energy. You have to show them that you're at a higher frequency than them because that's the most intimidating thing a person could be. Like um, facing a gun, that's a really surreal thing. But if they see that you're not intimidated or you're not giving into the violence, it's gonna tone them down because you're not giving them the same energy back. Right. Right. Two wrongs don't make a right. And, um, you know, some people would say an, an eye for an eye, but, you know, a lot of the time it's just words. And even though they're really hateful and, and, and really strong words, they're just words. And, and that's all they really have is they're, they're, they're talking like immature children that can't get their way. So, yeah, having a strong spirit um, will lead you in the right direction and it'll keep you there. I agree. Yeah, thank you for letting us know how it impacted you as an individual as well. And we wanted to ask as well, um, what kind of legislation do you want to see passed in regards to gun violence? That it's a, it's a it's a touchy subject for me. The right to bear arms is a constitutional right, right? I think it should remain a constitutional right. And once it's not, then See, if, if we start taking things add out of the Constitution, if, if we start taking whatever, whatever, whatever amendment or whatever it be, then that makes that makes grounds for us to take other stuff like freedom of speech out. OK, so gun violence, um, I, it's, I think if we if we like I was talking about cult, cultural integration and um, in, into our organizations, if we also have a kind of integration within our communities, if we have uh, traditions being taught at a young age, if we have other outlets and other ways to express our energy and our feelings, and and our and are being taught our our, our 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 ancestors' ways at a young age, I don't think for our people that we'd have so much gun violence. And that goes with uh, with all people of color, even you know, um, you know, even for white people, because um, when we compare our gun violence to the amount of killings that one one white child has done at a school or at a public event, we don't compare. But if those kids were taught something more spiritual, something more with meaning, then. I don't think they would have, have gone to that drastic measure as to killing people that they don't even know. And, and that goes for Raza too. We're killing people that we don't even know because we live on the wrong side of, of the block or we, we, live, we wear different colors, we talk differently, we're, our family is related to so-and-so and so therefore that makes us uh, gang related. I dealt with that when I was a kid, even though I wasn't a gang member, I was gang related. So. I got targeted. Oh, you're so and so's primo. And when I was a child, I walked around with a strap. I rocked around with several straps. I, I uh, one in my belt and one in my backpack. But the more I had that energy on me, 
the more it mag it it, 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 it magnetized that energy it, it brought bad energy to me so every time i was confronted i had something to say i think gun gun violence the the gun violence can be decreased when we start grasping our youth at an early age and really showing them real cariño real cariño that that they can come to their their parents to their adult to to, to their adult uh role models and and protect uh, when they have an issue obviously it doesn't matter if the guns are legal or not i mean you can you can buy them over the internet you you can assemble them at home without anybody knowing you have them and that's what a lot of cases are nowadays and it's very unfortunate and I, and I do understand in protecting your home i have two girls of my own and i've had to protect them under several circumstances and i'm going through some things right now that i wish i wasn't going through but and i and i do understand that, that you know like sometimes i'm at events and sometimes i'm away from from town for for nights and it's unfortunate and so my mom is like you know she's like I think I might need a gun here and I understand that and I'm not objective to it but at the same time you know there's certain training that comes with it there's there's you know and 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 some of that training is actually very logical because in in a case where um self defense when someone shot in the back that's not self defense that person was running away if we continue to build in a positive way not just our home but our communities i think it was martin luther king that said uh, dr dr king that said this is that if we want to change the world it has to start in our homes and from from our homes then our neighborhood from our neighborhood our city and the city our state and then that's when we could change our country when we could change our country then we could start changing the world but it starts at home and I understand that sometimes the the victims are just victims. They're not enemies, they're not they're innocent victims. And um that's it's very unfortunate, but we can't change everything that we can't change things that we have we don't have control over. So I think the best thing to do about or the best way to decrease gun violence is not to be part of it. You know, to be part of something good, to be part of something righteous, and if you if you can, good 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 things are 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 just like bad things. There, people see them and they want to be part. They want to be part of them. They want to be part of it. Um, just now until recently, I've had a couple a couple people who who you would really never think that they would want to be brown berets because of the way that they were into the the streets. They want to be part of it now because they're tired. They're tired, so I think the best way to to decrease gun violence is to be a light within your community, to to stay doing positive things, to be optimistic in 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 all ways, in in all mannerisms, and and to be positive and to always give positive positive vibes out, and people will feed off that. It was really impacting how you said it all starts at home because the world runs off butterfly effects, and if we give bad if we get or give bad energy at home then we'll receive it we'll receive it back 
and I like how you guys are starting to invest in your community and you're also just not focusing on youth you're also focusing on adults who um sometimes won't have enough resources because I know it's it's really important um to speak your own language but as somebody who's brown you're also expected to speak english so it's twice the weight on your shoulders and concluding the segment thank you for touching bases on these topics i would like to close off with what progressive changes would you like to see in the revolutionary activism within the chicano community um one uh, i did uh i get i did speak of uh temporarily is, is cult, cultural integration with inside the movement. I think cultural integration within the movement is a necessity for every uh, activist of, of a native or indigenous background to have because in order for them to know where they're going, they need to know where they came from. And doing so, it's like you said, it's a butterfly effect. So, and you want that to be in a good aspect. So people see you doing well, they want that too. They want to be part of it. They see their community doing well. You know, there's family sometimes that's a little bit more stubborn and they're not, they're not down with it. They don't, they don't really like, uh, or they don't want, they don't, they don't want to do the work in what it takes to achieve that level of peace. But once they see that others are achieving it as well, then they're going to ask, how did you do it? Um, that level of peace is like sobriety for, for, for alcoholics, you know, and, and once other people say, see it, it, it it's very, it, it can be very addictive. And I hope that all Brown Berets and everybody inside La Movimiento um, takes that effort to be uh culturally rooted and founded so that their cause will always be just. I think if they do that, then it's, it's very hard for them to astray because once you become rooted in, in cultura and in your native ways and and, and understanding all, all of that, it's hard to let go of because it, it's, it's a type of integrity that it transforms you and to where you see things that are going down that are wrong you just you won't let it stand by and but also having that inner peace will let you know how to deal with it instead of just being a reactionary and just just destroying things you, you you're able to have a, a, a moral compass and that's that's a key asset to have especially when people are following you when you're responsible for other people's lives, you better get a plan. You better get a plan and you better act by it and you better hold down to it because those people are depending on you to change things and to keep them safe. We want to thank you so much. The Especially when you were talking about what kind, how you want to see the changes made with gun violence, opening the other perspective to us, I think was really valuable and really important for us to see it from another perspective perspective rather than just legislation and more community based i think that was really cool actually so yeah this concludes this episode thank you so much for listening everyone 
And thank you, Mr. Wadian, for enlightening us in such an amazing episode. This was Three Homegirls No Gun. You can listen to us on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And make sure you follow us on Three Homegirls No Gun on Instagram to keep up with all of our episodes. Thank you so much, everyone.